sun Now she's gone, 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 I don't worry Cause I'm sitting on top of the world Tesla East End episode 81 and it is me of course Gary P and the Prof Gary Riley. Hello there. Now we are going to review the Dundalk and Finn Harps games. There's Quifty's questions from the East End with Orhan Vojic. I should have asked him is that how you pronounce it? Sounds, sounds great. No I did ask him yeah. Is, is it? Yeah. It's, it's Vojic. And Leon Polge and an interview with St. Pat's fan and counsellor Dermot Looney as we took look ahead to the game in Inchcourt on Friday. Um yeah, so, and of course, we're still sponsored by Camille Toy Takeaway in Tala Village. And the lunch deal is what we're promoting this week. And it's Monday to Sunday, 12 till 4, only 8 quid for your grub. Get the hoist in, duck. And uh, it's gorgeous. So, we drew nil all at home to Dundalk last Friday. And we had Ogie making his first start for the club. And Joel Coustrat making his first appearance of the season. What do you so, think of that decision now? Starting Joel? Oh, he was, I was totally flabbergasted by Joel starting. I was and I wasn't. Because remember last year, I think he started Joel. He rates him. He definitely rates him. home to Dundalk. I think he targets these games. Maybe he's looking for a width or something. But I'm pretty sure he played Coustrain before against Dundalk. Yeah, he's. Um, it was definitely our left field anyway. Uh, maybe he's impressed in training but Dundalk were missing Benson and McElhaney through injury and uh, their website also said that Sean Murray was unlikely to play but of course he started so they're up to their skullduggery again remember Lazarus Shields <laughs> yeah, he, he's, yeah he actually is injured now no O'Donnell there either he's retired now but the ref, the rest of them are still at it trying to ref the game ref was really really poor fell for absolutely all of Dundalk's bullshit that's because he's a, he's a Dundalk man isn't he and uh, based Dundalk affiliated P got right back instead of Joey that was another kind of surprise although to be fair kept him quiet all game yeah and Duffy Duffy's the main man like he's the best winger in the league so Pico mm. had him in the old pocket Ethan Boyle is winning a lot of people over but I think even on his best day he just can't handle Duffy no so in that sense that was a really impressive performance by Pico yeah and see that's the type of thing I mean sometimes we have to set out our stall to deal with another player, whereas I prefer to kind of set our style to make teams deal with us. But sometimes with the likes of Duffy, you have to kind of say, okay, you're going to have to man-mark him and put somebody on him. But um, with the Swee beforehand, 1899, was Jammers, T, Bovlod everywhere. Yeah, and, uh, Matt Kieran on the way in, he's finally listened to his members' corner. So he said to me, well. <laughs> <laughs> so he heard me saying that he always says well. So now he's intentionally saying well. And what did he think of it? Happy enough? He said it was rushed, but he was, everyone was pretty, pretty happy with no, it. No, he said it was, it was a good that, interview. Yeah, that sounds great. And uh, me and Ozzy Nay were without our gars again. No, Parsons, Parsons and Brennan, both missing. <laughs> yeah, we were both abroad. Um, we were discussing the cell stand, and um, probably the only gripe I have is that you can't see the scoreboard pretty much wherever you sit. They just tilt I'll, I'll keep you updated on, on if they the could score, just tilt it a little bit it'd be grand I will just uproot the whole foundations yeah. just tilt it slightly <laughs> for you prop. also Nate was giving us tips on where to sit to avoid the sun being in your eyes you can tell he's not from Ireland 
because he's this is the problem. Obsessed with the sauna, isn't he? This is a problem we'll have for maybe six weeks of the year. <laughs> Even am, if I am not thinking about this for sauna. about twenty minutes in the game as well. How cold was that on Monday? But you know what? When it happens, you're going to look over. He's going to be yeah. smug, sitting there watching yeah. the game, happy, no sun as I. So we had a presentation. It was made to the Caldwell family by the SRFC board before the game in memory of the late Joe Caldwell, club chairman from 1998-2002. So a nice gesture from the club uh, to a fella who really worked hard and did everything he could for Rovers. So uh, that was nice. And then we had another full bus from the Towers Direct Provision Centre to the game and a brilliant initiative by the club once again. And uh, yeah, that's that's. I, I didn't know they were at the game again. That was excellent. So it's good. It's 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 a fantastic thing to be doing. So the first half chances against Dundalk, Prof. Well, the opening few minutes, Olki had the best chance of the game and he should have buried it. Uh, Rogers tipped it over the bar. Uh, they hit the bar from a free kick, a free kick cross, but maybe this is armchair commentary, but I was actually surprised Al didn't just catch the ball. And to be fair, Al, his, his distribution was kind of worrying all night. Like, sometimes he was just under pressure. And you'd be like, fair enough. But other times, you'd just be kind of needlessly put out for a throw-in. Be screwing balls out of yeah. play. So you had a bit of an off night in fairness, Al. At halftime, you were kind of worried because uh, like we started brightly. But then Dundalk took over in the last 20-25 minutes. And they outplayed us. So you are kind of worried where this was going. But in fairness, we upped the tempo in the second half and we were much better. And uh, so the break, went down at the break a lot. And then we came out. And tell us a bit about the second half, Prof. Well, her best chance was uh, Trevor Clark uh, cut inside the box. and From the right, was it? Was he on the right? This was on the left side. And he kind of hit it straight at Rogers. If he had placed it, it would have been a great chance of scoring. But, I mean, if you're asking me to pick out Hines from, from the second half, it's basically just that. And Brandon Cavanagh came on as a sub. And he put in a sweet ball for Danny Carr. who tried to head it with the back of his head. <laughs> A la Carl Shepard v Bowles. <laughs> but that is it. I mean, I don't know why we didn't try and test Rogers more. Look, what, I'd love what, to see the stats. The what off- about the penalty shots? I saw those now. It was one. Both of them looked like penalties. To it, me, was, it was a handball. Yeah, definitely. Like we were behind the goal. I'm not sure who made the tackle against Dundalk player, but that was definitely a penalty in my eyes anyway. So he missed the two of them. I'd love to see the shots off target stats because I can't even remember any. It just feel like we'd be like hovering outside the box, not <laughs> shooting on goal. It was actually really annoying me. If you're asking me for a man to match, I'd say uh, Greg Bolger. Greggy B again. I love how aggressive he is. Uh, made some Such gr- a nice guy off the pitch. Yeah. You'd never see that persona like off the pitch. Just made so many great interceptions. But having said that, probably gave the ball away as much as anyone else. Made up for we that. were really wasteful at times. Just a lot of pointless clipped balls forward over the top. So it wasn't. It was a poor game. And the stru- neither striker probably got much joy in the night. Either Oki or Holben. Although Oki didn't have a whole lot of service. So yeah, that's my review. Too much hoofing. Too much hoofing for the prof. And that is two league games. Without- so it's two league games without scoring for the first time since October 2016. So... It's a stat right there for you. Mm-hmm. So it's the first time we haven't scored twice in a row since October 2016 and the 4,705 attendants and uh, just under 800 of them were Dundalk fans. It was 798, the, the figure. So Yeah, that was a great Dundalk crowd. 
It was so mean of them the steward that you had to let them spill into the section beside it. Did you hear them giving out? It was too packed. They were giving out. They had to stand for 10 minutes and they gave out about it. We had to, we were in a minefield with like like a battlefield with fucking broken barbs sticking out from the ground and these guys are giving out about having to stand for 10 minutes in a state-of-the-art stadium. Would you get the fucking bow? Imagine you're a Dundalk fan and you have that absolute neck to complain about away facilities. The absolute neck. It's, uh, it's I just found it hilarious and I'm not entertained at all. I just laughed. But were they giving out about allocation as well? What are you giving out? What were you saying? I don't know. I didn't see it. I, just, I heard they were giving out about stuff. Would you stop? Wasn't that long ago they brought 20 fans on a Sunday to tell her when the GAA was on. They all decided to pick what they really loved. Let's not forget that. So, um, yeah, next up, we're going to have our questions from the East End. And the two boys, we have Oki and Leon. Okay, so we're back in Kickstart Fitness, the original quiz dungeon, and uh, we're back in questions from the East End, and we have Orhan Vujic and Leon Pauls. So as always, it's 10 questions each with 15 second time limit, and we'll allow some time for Leon to translate for Orhan in case uh, there's any language difficulties. So, so far in the qualifying round, it's Aaron McInef for 5, Aaron Green for uh, Bourne with 3, and Clark with 1. So we'll start with Oki. Right, so... Orhan, who is the oldest player in the Rover squad? That's the uh, uh, Ellen, the goalkeeper. <laughs> How many hat tricks has Leon Messi scored in his career? Fifty. Who is the current top scorer? In the Austrian Bundesliga. That's the current uh, uh, in the Österreichische Liga. Uh, I think uh, Dabur. Yeah. <laughs> Salzburg, 11 goals. Which player scored a record 44 international goals for Austria? For the national team. <laughs> Maybe Maya Ofer? No, Tony Poulter. Ah, Tony. The mullet. How many Bundesliga titles have Wolfsburg won in their history? Four? One. <laughs> what does ASAP stand for? ASAP. Come on, as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> He's racking the one. <laughs> this is Matt's, alright. So, how many sides in total would three triangles and three rectangles have if you added them together? How many sides would three triangles and three rectangles have if you added them together? If you added them together, so three rectangles and three I don't understand this question. Seven. No, it's uh, twenty-one. So which country? Which country does not border Austria? Croatia, Slovakia, Slovenia, or Czech Republic? Croatia. And complete the lyrics of the Hokey Pokey. You put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. You put your right hand in and. You must have text bent and score. <laughs> oh, shake it all about. Shake it all. Do you know the song? Oh, yeah, I heard it. 
Um, name three Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Three Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Terminator. One, two, three. Five points for Oki. So five. Oki has five. We'll move on to Leon. Five best and two good. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Leon. What is the total capacity of Palace Stadium? So get interruption. What is the total? Capacity of Palace Stadium. Eight thousand. <laughs> if you add the amount of times Germany won the World Cup and the European Championships, what number would you get? In time, like if game time. Of all time. Uh, yeah, of all time. So how many times did they win the World Cup? How many times did they win the European Championships? Add them. Add the number together. I mean, it's five times. You know, four times. Ten? No, it was four World Cups and three European Championships. So seven is the answer. Which English Premier League goalkeeper has the most clean sheets so far this season? English. Um, in in England, he's not English. It's, oh. in, the, it's in the Premier League. Um, Alison or Dins? Alison. Alison. Who holds the record number of caps for a German goalkeeper? Caps? What is that? Uh, in, Appearances for Germany. Ah, okay. Goalkeeper. Uh, Oliver Kahn. No. No, Jens Lehmann. Jens Lehmann. I had to take your force on. And ah. Sepp Meyer. Oh, Sepp Meyer. AKA the cat. Yeah, true, true. true. So, why are your uh, former club Tadcaster Albion nicknamed the Brewers? Why do they have the nickname the Brewers? Because they. This is like a place where they make a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> John Smith's brewery is yeah. in Lancaster. It's right next to the training field. <laughs> the two longest rivers in Central and Western Europe are the Danube and... Donau? Donau? Is that one Donau? The first one was what? The Danube. I think this is the one, okay. And then... Yeah, and the next uh, one. I only know in German, I think. Donau? Donau? No, that's Donau. Like, uh, the Rhine. Ah, Rhine. The river Rhine. 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 If something cost 30 euro and there's 20% off, how much would you pay? Uh, 24. Yeah. yeah. Who is the president of Ireland? Jesus, no idea. No. I don't know. <laughs> Michael D. Higgins. Okay. Complete the lyrics of this 2016 hit song by a German-born artist. I've got no roots but my home. It's poops, I don't know, like... <laughs> it was never on the ground. Alright. <laughs> and what role did Jean Reno play in the 1994 crime film Leon, The Professional? Ah, 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 he was... Oh, that's my favourite movie. He was like the assassin, kind yeah, of like... the hitman. With the, with the girlfriend, like the young yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. of course. I was convinced you wouldn't have seen it. No, I watched it a thousand times. Yeah, so we have a draw there. We have a draw. So that's five each, and now you will progress pretty much into the next round because anyone with a high score qualifies right. and then the ones with the low scores they're gone so that's it yeah so uh, the language barrier wasn't too bad Oki well, and Leon I uh, love the, the Leon question can't believe you blew that one out of the fucking park you were right to be sceptical of that one because it was a film from 1994 great film absolute he, classic oh I love it but, but I thought the chances were slim. He was he wasn't born, was he? No, he wasn't born when it was when it was made. No, I don't think but so. he said he's seen it hundreds of times. He loves it. I thought the chances were slim that he'd even see it. And then he goes, it's "My favorite movie." <laughs> but he didn't know the the song. Uh, I've got no roots. I said the gar. 
I'm still still struggling and, with and it. Gary was like, uh, why would he know some German folk song? And I'm like, Gary, this is played on the radio every day. That's because of that radio that you listen to it's more probably constantly. The, it's probably the only song played in the radio that I like. I've got no roots. Um, yeah, then, so that was the boys. The only thing is, though, uh, they both got five points. If um, if Oki is in the last 16, probably going to have to bring Leon with him every single time. That's actually true. To yeah. translate. He's going to have to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, be another one next week. And there's only three players left in the qualifiers: with Dean Dillon, Brandon Kavanagh, and Sean Callan. And as things stands, Aaron McIniff, Oki, and Leon are going through to the last sixteen. So the three boys need at least five points to be in with a chance of progressing. And um, we should probably let them know that. Put a bit of pressure on them. So they have to get yeah. Least, yeah. So let them know. So um, we'll move on to the other results. And we had uh, Waterford at home. They drew to Bowes. Dull affair. We had UCD drawn at home to Pats, getting points on the board. With Finn Harps uh, losing at home 2 1 to Sligar Rovers with a f- cool celebration. Did you see that? He tried to do a backflip and his mate got in the way and then he completely fucked it up. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, Cork City drew at home to Derry City as well. And we got one right in our prediction league. Uh, who did we get right? I think. I can't remember which one. But no, have you noticed an upswing since I've uh, started contributing? <laughs> Not at all. Year? We've been terrible. Oh, hang on. I said UCD draw and I said Sligo win. So we got two. Oh yeah, I'm talking about the, the other games. Yeah, but still we're terrible at the moment. Uh, it's it's good crack though, isn't it? Because there's a few quid involved. Like, and it's, um, it'll start getting competitive as the season goes on. So we have uh, Sean Callan. He has started both of Wexford games so far Sean Boy wasn't eligible to play against us for Harps on Monday and it's 3-3 three and three for Dean O.C. Block Williams and he scored the only goal in that Lones 1-0 went away to Cove Ramblers on Saturday night and it was a glancing twig-esque header and it was it was a beautiful goal it's on fire yeah he's flying and um, Lone didn't win a game for two years and now they've won two in a row the stats coming out of prof uh, they're, yeah. all, they're all still training at Rollstone as well uh, Boyd, Callan, Williams they'd be I mean they'd be part time wouldn't they they'd, they'd, like Wexford would be twice a week they'd be all twice a week so it makes sense for them to stick around and Aaron Bulger played the full 90 minutes for Cardiff's under 23s in their 3-0 win away with QPR last week so it's good to see him getting games mm. hashtag loan watch hashtag loan watch yeah Jesus loads isn't it that's the most we've ever had ever I think out on loan there was one Four. there was one season where Scully just loaned out a shitload of players like most of them to Longford I think, I think maybe he released a shitload of players <laughs> you kept giving players to Longford for some reason remember that we seem to have a link with them don't we I think it was called the Cousins link so uh, our under 17s they started the season with a 2-0 win over Limerick at the Roadstone on Saturday with goals from McMinimi and Rolando Banya a screamer we heard and we've been hearing that name quite a bit mm. so uh, look forward to hopefully seeing him popping good. his head into the force team good start for Tony Cousins and Davy Mack yeah, so uh, Davy Mack is back and uh, looking good with a 2 0 win. And we had the 19th kick off Saturday at 2 o'clock at Rollstone, and they are playing Cork. So best of luck to Reuser and Co. And the 15s and 13s aren't in action till the following weekend. So 2 o'clock in the Rollstone, if you want to see Reuser's boys take on Cork, should be a good game. And um, there's three academy friendlies on Sunday morning at Roadstone. So the 9s, the 10s and the 11s play Manchester City. So that would be very interesting. And I've seen these 9s, 10s and 11s play. Because Jaden 
his team has been in there in, in their league and they're they're actually outrageously good. Like the way they play is unbelievable. They they don't even have keepers, like they just rotate their goalkeeper as a, like a fly keeper and they bring him out and he just, he's constantly on the ball it's they're excellent they're really really good to watch the under nines was that Aaron Green's side it is at the moment yeah Green or same yeah that's he's in Jaden's formerly Berkey's team isn't it? formerly Berkey's team yeah and the junior hoops 2019 season launch this Saturday 9th of March 1pm in Tallis Stadium and I've been at this before and it's great crack it's you're like you're walking around the stadium, you're being told about it. It is, it is good. Like as a fan, you're, you're, you're with your soul, and you're like, yeah, look at this round, but you're just loving it just as much as them. Remember, I said before, I was jello because I've never got the stadium tour. Yeah, yeah, we only got it recently, didn't we? So as well as a guided tour of the stadium, including the changing rooms and the players' tunnel by Stephen Bradley, all new members will receive exclusive Junior Hoops goodie bags to use during the season, and the membership for the season is only ten euro. So get in touch with the lads, and uh, they do great work. Except Bill Gleason. And um, yeah, Finn Harps move on to the 3 0 win at Tala on Monday night with all the goals coming in the first half. Uh, barrage, prof. Mm-hmm. Blitz. Blitz. Uh, five changes to the team. Aaron Green was back from suspension. Sean Cavanagh, Dylan Watts, and Danny Carwell back. And Sam Bowman, his fourth appearance of the season, starting at right back. Do you. Are you a fan of the chopping and the changing for games like this? Do you think it's smart? I think it's a smart thing to do for the likes of Finn Harps. For the likes of Finn Harps, yeah. yeah. If that had been Bowles, no. No. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And it's good to have the squad to be able to rotate to be a, a decent enough Finn Harps team who were getting points on the board. So, yeah. I mean, it's it was... it was They're not walkovers by any sense of it. Sure, they'd held on dog and pass to draws. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And we Pico getting on the score sheet with a brave effort honing in on the keeper after he spilled it he didn't have a great game this keeper um, he spilled a Mac and F shot and it was from Pico, a corner routine yeah Pico went in and buried it so Lopez puts on the score sheet and uh, bitterly cold wasn't it yeah it was the old toes were cold Bavros in high demand I honestly think we should have been four, five or six up at this I mean Greener had two chances he just hesitated I reckon one or two more goals he's going to be taking shots in a little bit earlier and a little bit more confidence you know I think he tries to take too much out of the ball at times I think unless Olgi takes off I think what's going to happen is Greener and Watts are going to be ending up our joint top scorers with yeah. like 13 12 13 each yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree prof um, and the penalty 26 minutes McAniff was brought down and uh, could say he did a Dundalk on it I mean he I think or did a ward I think he, the, the foot was left in slightly and he bought he, he sold it so listen I'll take it and uh, Watts <laughs> I think Tommy Kelly got ahead on this one it was uh, it, it was a poor penalty some curl on it but uh, no, he just blasted well it well over. over well well over but he made up for it on 38 minutes the sell down curse is back here yeah oh remember that remember that remember the stats you had yeah um, that's how he started stats yeah the penalties you're fascinated with them yeah. the, then he redeemed himself on 38 minutes with a crisp strike and the keeper should have had it in my opinion he went underneath his body and uh, yeah drilled it into the bottom left pretty corner. much game over from there on in and then uh, Danny Carroll the assist there delighted to see that mm-hmm. and then we had 3-0 with Greener on the stroke at half time and this was an excellent goal in my opinion a superb pass sublime sublime gorgeous 
It was such a cool pass. I, from... I interviewed Greener after. It was like, I'm not sure who played it. And mentally I was screaming. It was Cavo. Yeah. Cavo played Give him the credit. Unbelievable pass. Just inch perfect. And you know what? There's... No, I always have a three count in my head when a player gets through like that, right? I don't know why I do it. I always do. So when the second he received that ball, I always just count. I go one, two, three. Hit it. It just seems to be the case every time. It's like, it's like if you take any more than three touches or three like slight seconds, you're taking too much over. So the second he touched it, mm-hmm. took his other touch, set himself up, and then the t- the third second is the is the left foot strike, and he buried it, and it was a super finish. I'm appreciating this goal more and more. Super finish, it, wasn't it? It was a powerful diagonal shot oh. across the keeper. It was a real FIFA goal or something, wasn't it? It was, it was just a cracking finish. a brilliant finish. Yeah. Excellent, excellent finish. Loved it. And that was Greener's first competitive goal for Rovers at Tata Stadium since... Ooh, da 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 I think you know, Gar. I think you know it. Uh, no. Yep. Patsy Boy. The 2012 Denver Senior <laughs> Cup Final. <laughs> no way. Yep. Seriously. Yeah, he scored... What Oh, man. He scored three goals in that Leicester Senior Cup campaign. He got two league goals in 2012. He got one at home to Monaghan, which was chalked off because mm-hmm. they withdrew from the league. And then he got one at home to Shelburne. Remember the 4 0 with the comical long goal? Oh, uh, yeah. The one from the pass from the from the throw in, wasn't it? Or it was in around the throw in area and the uh, yeah. the way, all the way section. Yeah. They had their Skinner. Keep, they had their keepers end off with their four men. So, yeah. so Jason Maloney, he missed Greener's goal. It was convenient, wasn't it? Tommy Kelly, you mentioned him. He's been singing about Bradley Ola. I swear to God, games. He's, this is going to take off eventually. He's determined he's to get that one it on the people. Like, <laughs> I, I was coming home from work this morning and I just started thinking about it. I was like, he has that stuck in my head now. So that's awful. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> is it more awful than uh, Trevor Clark, Baby Shark? Uh, no. That, that's a, that was actually a good crack on the bus, to be fair. So... Um, just never outside of a bus or in public <laughs> and uh, yeah the other first half chances there was just there was something like, like I said Greener should have had two more uh, there was a couple more chances like we really really it was a barrage and the game's over at half time anyway so uh, there was some complaints that we didn't go for more in the second half which is crazy I mean do people know how football works like they're talking about going screaming for goals and you're 3-0 up right contain the game Keep your clean sheet. If the goals come, the goals come. Fair enough. You, can't, you, you don't want to overexert yourself. A big game coming up on Friday. Yeah. What if someone gets injured? You know what I mean? Naturally, we did. The, like you, you can't just. Naturally, this thing is going to be taken out of the game. Yeah. At that stage, even apparently in the West End, in the last five minutes of it, people were shouting at them to get the ball forward. Like, bunch of Winston's. Know. Yeah, bunch of Winston's, and uh, as you said, a classic Championship manager game. 3-0 first half no yeah. goal second half no matter what you do to try and change it up get those long arrows for our full backs yeah. um, and somehow there's no highlights either the bar would just flick along and be like what happened though yeah you're like, why isn't there why isn't that happening um, you have news yeah Brazzer did say after his interview that he he was disappointed that we weren't more ruthless and that we should have got more goals because he did play in the hoops team after all that won the league on goal difference so yeah true true can be important it's two, yeah, two sides of the coin, all right. But I don't think we should be going all oh, fucking out to kind of. And you don't, you don't over, like I said, you don't want to overexert yourself. I think the mm. three nil, we're happy enough with that. Um, 
second half green clattered the underside of the bar it was in for me from all of uh, 400 yards oh definitely in well over the line <laughs> yeah uh, oh, he could have had trick couldn't he ah easily easily he's very unlucky he's, he is like he's mm. been doing really well this season he's been unlucky as well It's he has had like a bit of bad luck like the red never red Um that like the that hitting the underside of the bar, just a couple of things not falling from, but uh, he's kicking on now. Their keeper fumbled a shot by Brandon Cabinet as well. Um, I think that was it really for the chances. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, half time sub as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Brandon yeah. came on at half time, so hopefully no more injuries. We've been a uh, couple of scares lately, so a little bit sloppy towards the end of the game, but it's expected, isn't it? And um, the only player that they really had doing something, I thought was like their captain till he was stretched off. And uh, yeah, we had, had one cleared off the line in the end. Uh, they had a couple of half chances, so we still haven't conceded a goal from open play this season. I'm telling you, it's we're, we're we're solid at the back. We are solid. Twenty goals conceded last year, same as the champs. And uh, I mean, people are going to struggle to score against us. They know that. So well, here's the stuff here, right? So we drew in everyone who was out in Sundry watching the game as well. You Caulfield, you'd uh, you'd Harry Kenny, you'd a few others. So they're all taking in the game on the Monday night to spy on us. So we drew nil all at home to the dock uh, last Friday, right? So that was the first time we had welcomed on dock to Tala since they beat us 5-2 Yep. last Jeez, June, a, right? That game, wasn't it? We have played 20 league games since that game where we shipped five goals. Right. We have conceded five goals. That is brilliant. That was Tom's last game, by the way. That's a st- hint, hint, cough, cough, <laughs> Yeah, so like we said, bad night all around. Hark can stretch it off. And good old Ollie Horgan had the socks off, chilling in the stands. And it was apparently because he called the referee, or the fourth official, Thomas Connolly, Tom, rather than Asquilga, Tomas. So he doesn't like being called his given name. Um, Send off for calling the referee his actual name. I don't know, it's a strange one for me. Um, thought the ref was a little bit biased towards us, in fairness, in general. I think I, think, uh, I didn't think he had a great game. Um we had uh, young Jason Maloney as well. I'm looking forward to the roasting of Gary Parsons on the Finn Harps bus <laughs> as well, which is it's a yearly occurrence. And this is just where I get absolutely butchered and just can't come back with anything because I'm just so offended. <laughs> I'm looking forward to him singing about Roman Catholics for eight hours. Yeah. Uh, we, have a little, we have a little sing song planned, all right. Um, so he said, Ollie sat beside him and said, I usually deserve to be out here, but that was a disgrace. And he said he was never so polite in his whole life. And I believe Ollie, before I believe the fucking referee, to be honest. Ollie's probably the nicest guy in football. He, yeah, what he, did someone call him? A, a, a met addicted Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. He, he gets sent off way too much, but uh, he's a lovely bloke. Apparently he kept shouting, Keep it! Keep it! Mm, yeah, he's a, Repeatedly yeah, during the game. And uh, but Harps weren't listening. No, <laughs> I think they looked a bit tired, didn't they? Yeah, it's crazy to get them to travel up part timers on Monday. And, and I feel like think about that round trip for us. It's great. We're on on a bus slamming cans and having a crack. They're players and they're part time, and I don't know how their living situations work. So are they living up there? Do they travel from where they are? I don't know. I really don't know how it works. But it's just a, it's a disgrace, and the FAO really needs to start looking at these things. But I don't think they will. Well, what's it going to take for them to look at these things and say, okay, like even with the whole uh, charity game being on the same night as a full round of fixtures, like do they even consider the league? It just doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. But um, some good performances on the night. Um, 
Grace once again was was a Rolls Royce. He's such a. Do you know? Do you ever notice the way he has a serious serious pace? And whenever let's say there's a ball clipped over him, and it's sixty forty, Grace is running towards it. The striker's bearing down on him. It's <laughs> going towards the corner flag. You're thinking Grace has this. He has so much strength in that shoulder as well. He just has the ability to shoulder people off and then he'll just hold on to possession. It's rare that he'll put the ball up the line and it'll go out for a throw or something. He holds on to possession. He's excellent. Yeah. He really is. But the one thing I will say, he could get caught out eventually because he likes to kind of turn the striker and he tries to kind of go around them the odd time. Do you remember we were warned about this by Julian Canny from Galway? He, he likes to play. He said that Galway were cut out by a few goals. He does like to reason. do it, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes to show off a little bit, so yeah. I'm hoping we don't get caught up with that. Um, Greg, Greg Bodger has been excellent the last few games. Yeah, he's been my player. He's my man the match last two games. He's been brilliant. Do you remember the start of the season? We were all picking our starting 11s. Not right? once did he get in my starting 11. I don't think everybody had the same problem. They were like, where do we fit in Greg Bodger here? Oh, he might play 10 games. I said at the start of the season that he won't play. We're like, oh, maybe save him for the. Dundalk and Cork at home or something at the moment he's one of your first names in the team sheet he's unbelievable at the moment um, he really is good and uh, the attendance well other performances maybe who else have we got We once again Greener getting stuck in up top getting a goal working his socks out good all around performance possible yeah. man of the match performance Greg Bulge excellent again um, like I said before the one thing I, I love more wit in the team I don't think we have it We've got four central midfielders, really. And then just Danny Carr there doing whatever he does. And then Greener up top. I, Didn't I, it does. If you, if, you, <coughs> if you watch, yeah, we, we smother teams when we're in the middle of the park. It's just like we outnumber them. We receive the ball and we uh, we just kind of attack from there. I don't think we're going to play like that on Friday. It's a tighter pitch. We won't be able to do it. We won't be able to crowd the midfield like that. I think we're going to play wide players. Possibly. So my team's going to be a little bit different. And um, yeah, the attendance. 1,500 on a Monday night. Finn Harps. The the ever mythical attendance figures. I just don't, I don't, I don't get how it can drop off 3,000 people. Fair enough. It's an occasion on a Friday night. You go out on all Mondays. You could put a lot of people. But I, what's, the, what's the magic key to... What's the magic trick to just keeping these people coming on random Mondays, you know? Is it too much of an ask? They just... They see, mon- <laughs> they see Monday and Harps and they decide not to go. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Whereas we kind of think of all the other factors, like how well are we playing? Are we excited to see new players? Yeah. All this. I think it's the casual fan, isn't it? Sam Verdon. He's a forward who joined Finn Harps from Longford the start of the season and he only played one game. Apparently he's left Harps already. No, back to Longford, yeah. Because he didn't know how far Donegal was from Dublin. You joking? I read it on Twitter. <laughs> he said, yeah, just got to go training now. Four, four, four hours later. He <laughs> 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 no idea. Um, and I have a Monday stat for you. Monday stat's okay. That's our 11th consecutive home league win on a Monday. Okay. We lost 1-0 to Bowles in Stephen Kenny's last game in Jerish in 2012. <clears throat> And we've won all of them since. Is there a pattern as regarding their opposition? The likes of, is it UCD, is it Drotted, is it Harps? Is it all those kind of mid-table teams? It's a mixture. It's we, a mixture. We, we, we've beaten Pats and Cork in there. On a Monday? Yeah. Compare that to our away league record on the Monday. Since 2009, we've won only 3 out of 16. 
three out of 16. Oh. And Michael O'Neill never won one. Never won a Monday game? Never won, the, never won an away league Monday game. Prof is pulling the stats out here. Monday stats. Yeah. Make your Monday a little bit better. Uh, back on top of the league. Ahead of balls on goal difference. So, um, like I said, early days. But th- this is a good start. This is a good start to the league. It's what you need to progress and like keep ahead of the pack. Derry, I mean Cork, balls of Derry at home this weekend, don't they? Um, tough enough fixtures for the for the play, for the teams around us. We just need to keep tipping away and taking points. Our our fixtures after pass are kind of favourable. So some people are kind of looking ahead of there. But then April, the dreaded seven game month yeah. with a lot of tough fixtures in it, one after another. I think we've walked for the home balls at home, and then I think it delves into Cork and Dundalk. It's a tough, tough one. So, um, yeah. So back on top of. The league temporarily, and um, we were on two back pages on Tuesday in the Daily Mail, the Evening Herald, and the Mail had one of Watts' jersey fully over his head after missing the penalty. They always pick the negative stuff, don't they? Well, at least it's not green or celebrate. No, no. At least it's spelled the football, though. It's something, Cause, isn't it? Because remember we said before, the only time the Evening Herald ever puts on the back page is when balls beat us. Yeah, very true. Pair fits chipo, wasn't it? Um, we have a new videographer and. Just watched his videos before we started, and they are brilliant. I love the way the team pops up. I love the formation. Yeah. I love the way it pops up the way it's supposed to be. It's excellent. It really is. It's crisp. Very slick. It's slick. So Seamus declare, uh, bravo! And he put together the highlights in the interview package after Monday that went up line. So it's excellent, excellent stuff. And this is something that I'm really, really happy to see because soccer public is a shambles, absolute fucking shambles. Think about it. 24 it's, minutes. It's not even half an hour, as I said to you. It's 24 20, minutes. 24 minutes. That's what they think the league is worth for five fixtures every week. 24 minutes. No analysis. Just lob in a couple of highlights there. Lob it into you. And that's it. It's just a disgrace. Bill Gleason's kids uh, watched that. And um, he said, he watched the, our YouTube clip. He said, it's better than the TV stations. Yeah, it is. It's, it's brilliant, and it's we're only going to be getting my highlights from now on, hundred percent. And I'll, I'll tr- hopefully other clubs are doing it as well. And if that was the case, I'd watch all their channels, and I just ditch Soccer Republic. So hopefully that's the way we can go on from from uh, from now on. And this fellow Seamus is doing our videos. You might know what he looks like. Basically, just think uh, Sammy Zayn. I don't know how many people know him, but it's just cap beard, Sammy Zayn with glasses. That's him. Very, very cool, is he? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, big up to Seamus Declare, and uh, yeah, so I oh, can't wait to see more of his stuff. And we league race voted our player of the year for February. I voted him for player of the year. Uh, Greener was a close second for me, but unfortunately he didn't get played against Dundalk, and he was sent off versus his boss. So, uh, well, the Dundalk game was March. I've I've argued this before. Oh yeah, true. I, true. I think <laughs> maybe I'm being pedantic, but when people vote for these things, they're kind of they're crossing over months yeah they are at times yeah I remember Gavin Bazuna won it once I think he saved the penalty in Cork the following month I think and that's Joel, why he won it I remember Joel Gustrain had a much better month I remember that one actually I yeah. think we need to release it the second the last fixture is done yeah. in the month yeah so it's fresh and you're just thinking about the games that just passed in that actual month so that's, how you, that's, that's the only thing I, I can come up with mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, so we have uh, Prof was behind enemy lines this morning. And he went and interviewed Councillor Dermot Looney, who was actually one of the more uh, reasonable Pats fans on Twitter out there. So uh, we're going to listen to him now. So Prof and Dermot Looney. Uh, so Dermot, uh, St. Pats finished fifth last season, but with a new manager in uh, Harry Kenny and some really good signings over the winter, most notably Chris Forrester. Are there much bigger expectations now in Inchicore? Yeah, I think Pat's fans are hoping for, for European football, uh, you know, for, for next season, as in a top three or four finish, uh, a decent cup run. Um, I mean, some, some people get very ambitious when they talk about early seasons and uh, seeing how they can get on to win leagues and so on. I think that's a bit over the top, but I certainly think Pat's fans are hoping for a top three or four finish. I think that's realistic. Um, and that would have been buoyed by the, the win against Cork in the first game. Um, it's going to take a, a long time for that team to, to settle in. Uh, I think how you struggling in terms of where midfielders are going and so on um, but uh, it's a very good squad on paper um, and uh, they should be you know certainly up there uh, with the likes of Cork which yourselves um, I don't think we're, we're, we're up at the level of Dundalk yet and I think it will be yourselves and Dundalk who maybe going to challenge for the, for the title but certainly we, we, you know, we'd be chasing Cork there and Waterford and so on in the, in the third fourth place kind of area I'm just going to reel off some names here Barry Murphy Simon Madden, Brandon Mealy, James Doona, Dean Clark, Gary Shaw, Mikey Drennan. Is there a reason you've decided to assemble the entire Shamrock Rovers 2016 squad? Did, well, okay, 2016, but then you have Ian Birmingham going back a bit further as well, don't you? Simon Madden's yeah. there as well. Um, it's incredible, isn't it? There'll be eight or nine possibly in the matchday squad this week with an ex-Rovers background. And I mean, Harry Kenny might be proud of that. Maybe he has, he still has a, the graph for Shamrock Rovers and, and is, is bringing players in from that because he's brought in players in the in the close season the likes of Gary Shaw and Dave Webster but that's a that's an extraordinary amount of players there's always been a lot of um, transfers between the two teams hasn't there I think you Greg Bulger and Green are probably the only two in the, in the current Rovers team who have the, the past background but there's always been a bit of that it's extraordinary though isn't it uh, it really is so past are one of uh, three teams still in beatings so far you had 1-0 wins over Cork and Stigo draws against the two promoted teams Harps and UCD so what do you make of the performances so far? Yeah, I think the, the the first the first game against Cork was um, first. It was a great night. It was a brilliant crowd. I mean, the, the other thing about the, the the game this Friday is that Pats will be hoping for a, a real bumper crowd uh, against Rovers. We had uh, three thousand eight hundred, I think, against Cork City, uh, and a great performance, a real physical performance that Pats fans haven't really seen in the Buckley era, certainly, um, and they really put it up to Cork. Um, great to get the win away to Sligo um, last minute uh, goal but again it was a, a very tight game just like the Cork game and then the two disappointing results uh, against Harps and UCD um, I mean I was at the, the Harps game I was a very, Harps played very well on that day they, they were very compact didn't give away a lot of chances I know you, you did them over the other night I think they're struggling with the amount of games they have uh, and then at UCD again Pat's you know dominating a lot of possession but not creating an awful lot so the worry for Pat's fans is that the creativity hasn't really been there um, to score goals very compact at the back only one goal conceded um, but struggling in terms of creating chances I think that will come with time uh, I think Harry has to get that midfield combination right um, but I think defensively Pat's are strong enough um, but it's been a reasonable start I think if uh, most Pats fans would have, would have certainly taken the first few results uh, and the big one of course is this Friday night that people have been looking forward to in the close season 
As for how you got into following Pass in the first place, I remember this because you said it on Twitter. It was actually the first ever game at the RDS, a nil-nil bar between Rawers and Pats in front of 22,000 fans back in 1990. So you walked away that day and became a saint. Not, not quite. I would have been probably too young then, and I was at a couple of games at Harold's Cross, but I didn't really start following Pats. I, I was a teenager in the kind of mid-90s. Uh, I, I was uh, kind of 13 or 14, I started following Pats in that kind of great run they had from 95 on. So success attracts uh, fans as well. But I, I would have had a Pats background. My dad played for Pats as well for, for one season uh, in the late 50s. So um, there, there's Pats in the blood there as well. But I was at that, that game as a child. I, I'm surprised I ever came back and watched. That was a terrible match, but it was an unbelievable crowd. Um, and it kind of was a false dawn. Um, it didn't really kick off from there, unfortunately, in, in the long term. And in the near 30 years since, do uh, any good Rovers Pats games stick out in your memory? And I'll kindly ask you not to bring up any 5 0 or 5 1 scorelines. Well, yeah, it was good. the 5 was going to be the magic number, wasn't it? But there have been, been some great games. I remember games at Polka, uh, which were, were really good, and kind of late late 90s, maybe. Um, uh, look, the, the, the one that really does stand out for me, I'm sorry to say, is the, the Good Friday one with the Foresters 2 uh, World Class Goals and then the Billy Gibson 5 0 one. I'll, I'll stop doing that now because I'll annoy your listeners, but you've had a few times. Pats over the years or so. And do you have a prediction for Friday? Yeah, I, I think it'll be tight um, because I think that's that's the way Harry Kenny's going to set up. Um, so I would say there might be a goal in it either way. I, I could, I, I, unfortunately, on a predicted draw. I'd love to see Pats do it. Uh, so possibly a, a nil or a one-all draw. And Pats are celebrating their 90th anniversary this year. It's incredible that they've never had a book published about their history. So tell us about that project that you're working on at the moment. Yeah, so I've been, uh, since last summer, been been putting together a, a project on it, hopefully with the, the idea of getting a book out uh, later this year. It would be a struggle to do it at this stage. Um, working with uh, Pat O'Callaghan, who I know many Rovers fans will know, he's the man who sells the programmes and runs the programme shop at Pat's. And Pat has kind of kept an archive of, of Pat's over the years. Um, and then looking at a lot of newspaper archives and talking to a lot of fans um, from, from different clubs, but also Pat's fans about their memories and so on so at 90 years uh, around and um, started to very low ranks of junior football in the Phoenix Park uh, and moved up within 20 years getting into to the league and uh, winning the league at the first attempt so it's, the, it's an extraordinary story of a, of a football club just like Shamrock Rovers, Sherbourne Bowers and so on that's our, the new kids on the block when it comes to Dublin football but there's there's a, an extraordinary amount of history to tell there um, and we some lovely little yarns and scales uh, to, to go into that project as well so we have the history St. Pat's Twitter account where I would uh, put in pictures and uh, little stories and threads about various players and so on. And obviously there is a lot of linkage there between the history of, of St. Pat's and the history of Shamrock Rovers. Certainly going back to the 40s um, when Pat's were, were kind of an intermediate and junior club uh, would have come up against Rovers a few times. There is an interesting one from the 48-49 FAA Cup uh, season. Robert Goggins actually the Shamrock Rovers historian told me this that um, Pats knocked out as Pats were an intermediate club and knocked out Shamrock Rovers in the first round of the FAI Cup um, with players that Shamrock Rovers had tried to punish the previous season. These were players who had instigated a strike at Milltown um, and Shamrock Rovers, the Cunninghams, the owners, only kept them on uh, intermediate registration so they're only really allowed to play intermediate football. So those players reacted by going to St. Pats uh, playing at Leicester Senior League level and beating Shamrock Rovers in the first round of the Cup as a non-league team. Um, so that kind of they had a laugh off and that that would include the likes of Podge Greg who was uh, a, a long time involved in Shamrock Rovers 
Uh, Darren, many people know you as a primary school teacher in Tata and you've been a counsellor since 2009. So naturally what I'm most interested in is your connection to Tata Stadium as part of the South Dublin County Council. So talk about the impact the stadium has had in the area for the past 10 years and your own role in improving the development of the sales stand which officially opened a couple of weeks ago and the fourth stand on the way. Yeah, so I mean the, the, the stadium was open just before I started uh, on the council and it's remarkable when I was elected for it it was in the Palace Central area so I would have had a lot of Shamakala fans it was obviously very close to the stadium uh, on to me it was very issues to do with the development of the, the second stand at the time uh, to do with use of the pitches and, and, and so on so a lot of Rovers people were on to me over time and look it was a bit weird thing. at the end of the day that was a brilliant um, development for Rovers for the council and for the area and still is I think it's a real jewel in the crown um, and I've always tried to support um, capital development of it um, and the team who worked there are fantastic but I do, do think it was a, an unfinished project so what happens with regard to this outstand I'm not going to claim credit for, for getting it or anything like that politicians are always at that but the one thing they were going to do was they were going to build it at the other end at the N81 end of the ground now anyone uh, like yourselves who goes to matches there would realise that would really create a more of a wind tunnel effect uh, and it wouldn't be a pleasant place to be if we had no south stand, we had a north stand only, and if you were in the north stand on a wet and windy night with that wind and rain coming off the mountains. So I argued heavily at the council uh, level for the south stand to be built first before a north stand came along. So I'm delighted to see it there. It looks really fantastic. And then the, the medium-term project is that, uh, is that north stand of the ground uh, to finish uh, off uh, certainly this phase of development. Um, I've also argued for, for the wraparound facilities um, that would go along with it. I think we need to fill in the ground and also that there is a great community aspect already to it, but we can continue to develop that, that community aspect. But I've always been, uh, you know, I might be a Pats fan and I have a bit of slag with Shamrock Rovers people, but I've always argued that this is Shamrock Rovers Stadium, that this is, they are the anchor tenants, they are the reason the stadium is. Um, occasionally on the council, people uh, talk about uh, the stadium in, in the abstract. They don't recognise it almost as Shamrock Rovers uh, ground and it has to be recognised as that so when we talk about other games and other matches and other uh, youth we also have to realise that the primary use of this is and always should be uh, for Shamrock Rovers matches so I think it's been brilliant for Tala I think it's a very positive new story um, that Rovers move here for us and also the use of the stadium the fact that it is a very modern stadium the fact that it's a stadium that's developing I think it has been good news all around Right so that was Dermo and uh, yeah good, good lad Good lad, I have to say. You could call him a frenemy, couldn't a you? A frenemy, yeah. He's a Pats fan, but a friend to the club in in the terms of Tata Stadium. For the greater good, you could say. Yeah. But you just say, uh, he, he's not getting invited to any live, live shows, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> and Gar, do you know who wrote this article in the Irish Sun in February 2017? He wrote this about the hysteria and nastiness, as he called it, on the internet because... Rory McIlroy played around the golf with the new US president, Donald Trump, at the time. <laughs> so, the, uh, the journalist said, One commentator screamed, Playing in his free time with Trump is a political choice. The man's name, appropriately enough, was Dermot Looney. Truth is, they're all Dermot Looney's. <laughs> in fact, Dermot Looney will henceforth become my name for each and every liberal each and every liberal halfwit who cannot bear the existence of views which differ from his or her own. I'll tell you who wrote it. Rod Little. 
Your yeah, man. Your yeah, man that ran away with a young one. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. That must be like a badge of honour. Riling him up, though. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so uh, I've been thinking about this for the whole show now. I'm doing me starting 11th. And predictions. Right, so um, I could change this again. Uh, do you want to go for some, Aloy? If I can get it in one go, I will. Right. One. Four, two, three, one. That's what we're being put on, on the videos. I'm guessing that's what it's going to be. Four, mm. two, three, one. Okay, I'm just going to say I'm that Ethan's not ready yet. He could be. Yeah. I'm going to go Manus, Cavo, P- or, uh, Joey O'Brien, Grace, Pico right back. Might as well leave him there. Yeah, I, I've been toying with this. Mm-hmm. I've been toying with it. Carr on the left, Trevor Clark on the right. Midfield, oh, this is very difficult. Uh, Bolger, McAniff, Watts. Oh, I flipped out Burn. Oh my God. This, the attempt, uh, it's tough. Uh, McAniff, Bolger, Watts or Burn, take your pick. And Green up front. Green up front, mine is slightly different. I'm going to start with Manus. I'm going to have Trev left back. I have Grace and Pico, Joey right back, Balzart and McInef and Watts in the middle of the park. I'm gonna have Cavo left wing because I think, I think we need a bit of delivery, high up the pitch. I'm I'm gonna be hoping Trev bombs on from left full, and uh, Cavo gives him that bit of space to get on. And then if he receives any balls in around the box, just whip them in, whip in a couple of balls, and his, his service is excellent. So hopefully we can get bodies in the box. I'm gonna have Car right wing, and uh, Green are up top. So, there will be a lot of interchange. I have wingers in my tactics book, but there's there's room to manoeuvre there if what you was do. Your mid three, mid three is Watts, Bulger, McInerney. I'm dropping Bourne. I'll be honest, oh. he hasn't done anything for me in the last three games. A couple of passes here and there. Played a couple of clever balls. I think he could he could do Harris. well off the bench. You've been on the bench. You've like look at the bench we have. Overall, he's been a bit disappointing the last two yeah, three games I think so and I think I'm going to drop him and uh, he could come on and make a difference but like I said I'm going to have Carr on the right and I think I think we need to cut in and we need to use the centre of the park more than anything and um, I think Trev getting on from left full will allow that because I think Cavo we naturally step inside we don't hug the line when our fullbacks go forward we step inside to kind of let them go so I think we're going to have to work out of the middle and I think Cavo is going to do well in that position out on the left but cutting in and just whipping balls in and using that technical ability these Richmond Park games they always become so narrow don't they yeah exactly I think it's going to happen again it's naturally going to happen so you think um, there's, there's no real width there but I think if you have Trev he'll naturally drag the game out a little, a little bit and give you more space in and around where Greener is as he, as he gets forward and then I think Cavo's going to take that little step in so if he does need to make the pass Cavo's receiving the ball in their toward and I think his delivery or even a couple of pop shots Is this the first time in six years now we don't have to think about Conan Byrne on the wing? I know yeah and that's what I actually I was going to put Pico there thinking of who their wingers are <laughs> and thinking he'll do a job on Conan Byrne but you're looking at like you're looking at Drennan up top you're looking at Forrester in the middle Clifford in the middle maybe your man Jamie Lennon Brando could play Duna is possibly starting a couple of Pats fans and work were saying that Duna's been decent so it's, it's interesting enough to see what they're starting 11 with Shaws he could play he could be firing up the former hoops which is probably the starting 8 or 9 of 11 <laughs> and he could start them so 
Remember what happened the last time? Robbers were top of the league five, wing, five weeks into a season and then went to Richmond Park on a Friday. Was it the massacre? It was Good Friday Massacre. <laughs> Good Friday Massacre. Killian Brennan, left back. Left back, yeah. He, but the game before that, he was excellent. He hit the bar from about 30 yards out and we mm. thought, Jesus, this is great. Chris Forrester ended up on soccer again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. And my prediction is a tight late 1-0. So basically like the last one. With Greener. Didn't Greener you, didn't you miss goal. that goal? Yeah, uh, Danny Carr, I heard it from the, from the <laughs> car park or from outside. So late yeah, one nil. A rare away win over Pats. It was only a second away league win since 2011, that one. Mm. So definitely, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for a, a late one nil. I'm feeling a one-all draw for this. Ooh, prof, the voice of reason. And so that is the starting 11s and predictions. So we've Aaron Grains available for this game and depends if he's hit with any additional suspension. So hopefully not. And uh, he will go on and bag another couple of goals. Our Tala 10 year anniversary podcast special is this weekend. So Steve Rice is confirmed for Johnny Blues and we're hoping to get another player in who played in the fourth game as well. So uh, get your questions into us for Rice. There should be plenty, plenty of things to ask him. Hope you won't be too hungover, Gary. I know you're going to the afters of uh, Fielder's wedding. The Fields are wedding, yeah. It's supposed to be a mad one. Won't be too bad, I'd say. I'll have an, I'll have an old apple juice. I'll be alright. Is uh, Father Tom Hand the priest? Father Tom Hand. Oh, prof. So, uh, we're, <laughs> there's a few people who have asked us about part two of the Tallis Stadium saga and member special, so we're aiming for sometime in May for that one. And, uh, yeah, so uh, listen out for that one, and uh, it's going to be a cracker. So, sure, sure, we'll be on by Celtic by then. Yeah, that's it, yeah. We could be even shut down. <laughs> so, our Harps bus is flying up. We've over 30 names already, and uh, get, get your name into us if you want to come along. It's uh, we've got so far thirty six down. Thirty six, I think. The Tifties Roadshow, uh, it's filling up fast. So get your name down and experience the trip of a lifetime. Uh, it's just an experimental thing, you could say. So um, yeah, definitely get yourself. We we have a couple. Of, it's bring your own gargle as usual, but we could have a couple of refreshments from Penny Hill, and um, that's it. So twenty second of March, we are leaving a half two from Tallet Stadium. So uh, that is pretty much it from us this week. It is um, on to Friday, hopefully a win down in Inchicar and uh, keep on hoping. See you. This talk of getting old It's getting me down, my love Like a cat in a bag Waiting to drown This time I'm coming down And I hope you're thinking of me you lay down on your side Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse